before we get started, I was going to kind of give you guys an idea on how I got ready. For the first time, pastor gave me like four weeks notice. Now that, I thought, well, that's fantastic. So I go to getting ready right off the bat. I get through and that's no good. I did it a second time. That's still no good. Did it a third time. Well, now we're getting close to where I would normally get my notification anyways. And I start to panic. Brandy will tell you. Don't know what I'm going to do. And that's when I realized that the reason I got four weeks was God needed me to do more Bible study in my life. And if you ever want to get deeper into the Bible, write your own sermon. Because then you're going, well, I got this verse here, and I'm going to Google and find what are verses. We'll go with it. And all of a sudden, you've read more in the Bible in a day than you've read in the last 30 days. And, and I said, well, why am I waiting to the last? Why is that I have to make the fourth one? He goes, well, I need you to read your Bible more. And I couldn't think of another way to get you to do it, Mike, that, I, that just a little, that apparently for me at this point, God's not accepting that I just wake up, read a little devotional and one line of scripture, call, to de- call it a day and feed on the world the rest of the day. Okay? So let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to manifest yourself in this church today. The supernatural presence of your spirit to be welcome here, Father. Father, we need to feel your presence in this church today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about things that we can do to hear Jesus tell us, well done. Good job. So I want to open up in Matthew chapter 25, and I want to start in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received the two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and bought Five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful or a few things. I will make you ruler of many things. I think all of us would love to hear that spoken over our life. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you had gathered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came to the Lord. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent to your ground, in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, 
you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to anyone, for to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When we're gonna, I'm going to go into each of those little verses there and talk about what can we do to hear the words we want to hear. Good and faithful servant. Come into my joy. First thing we're going to look at is three excuses as to why we do not. God has not given me a job. Now, a lot of times we think of ourselves as, well, I've not been called into the ministry. I know I've not been called to be a pastor. That doesn't mean I have not been called into the ministry, that God hasn't given me a job. I'm going to go to a few verses here that help us out there that God has not given us a job that I'm equipped for as an excuse. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to be in verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, if you go up the other verse, it talks about how it's not by our works that we are saved, but by faith. But uh, but that faith is manifested in the works. God has created works for me to do before I was ever born. I was created to do them. Before I was ever born, now most of you, most of you know, we have two kids, naturally, me and Brandy have two kids adopted. Now, before I was even born, God knew Brianna and David would need another set of parents. Those were good works that God had created for my canes and Brandy Haynes to do prior to our births. We didn't even know about them. But he already put things into motion. I was created by the Father to do good works. It's not by those works that I'm saved. It's by the grace of God that I was saved. And because of that, I can accomplish the works that God has for me. Second one, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus before time. We were saved for the ministry. We were created to be in the ministry. We've been saved to be in the ministry. And then 1 Peter 4.10 As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another 
as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, if you remember back when we were talking about in Matthew, in the 14, it said here that um, his goods were delivered to each one of the servants. Each one of those three servants were giving every talent and every ability he needed to accomplish it. It says here in 1 Peter, as each one has received a gift, every one of us here has different giftings. Now, I'd like to, I, as an example, taking my son Jared. He loves college. He gets upset if he doesn't get an A. He wants to be in the honor society of everything and keeps adding different majors. Not changing, but having multiple majors, having multiple minors. Just loves it. Far more intelligent than I ever am. And I've expelled on him that many times. And he said, I'm not more intelligent. I'm just differently gifted than you. There's a lot of your gifts, Dad, that I'm more jealous of, that I would love to have. And I was thinking the same thing. Well, I was, I'm jealous of the giftings he has. And, he's, and, it, and it's funny how we both see giftings in the other that we didn't realize. That his intellectual is much different than mine. I couldn't wait to be out of school. I sure wasn't looking forward to going to a graduate program and then going to get my PhD. That would have, would have been a fate worse than death. I couldn't think of anything worse than that. But he desperately loves it. He wants to build his library. doesn't want anything electronic. Once he wants a library. So everything we've got to buy him a gift, the book's got to be a hardcover book so he can build his library. But the fact of the point is that each one of us has a gifting, a gifting that we were given. Jesus gave me and Brandy certain giftings knowing what we were going to have to do. Before, when I was born, he put stuff in my life to allow me to accomplish the things with our children, with being able to do it with the ability to be foster parents. That I had the gift, and when God put that in my heart, there was no question would I be able to do it because I wasn't going to have to do it on my own. I was given those giftings. Same as the three servants. All three of them had the ability to do it because they all were delivered the goods. It wasn't the gentleman with the five talents, the two talents were giving giftings, and the gentleman with the one just didn't get one. 2nd excuse I can't do as much as so and so and I think that one speaks to me maybe this whole sermon maybe this whole sermon is actually for me and you guys are just here to experience it and there's a good chance of that but it's sitting on verse 15 each one was given a different amount the first servant was given five the second servant was given two and the third was given one each according to its abilities Jesus is never going to put something into your life that you can't handle. He's never going to expect more from you than you can do. He's never going to ask you to use your talents or experience that you have not been equipped to do. He's never going to ask you why you didn't do as much as the person next to you. But what did you do with what I gave you? What work did you do with the skills that I've given you, the talents the giftings that I've given you. Not, did you do as much as Pastor Rusty? Did I do as much? And there's a lot of people I can name that I always think, man, they're doing so much. I wish I was doing as much as them. I can't do as much as them, 
They're doing so much more. And that's not what God's going to ask me. He's going to ask me, what did you do with the jobs that I've given you? What did you do with the talents that I deliver you? That's the only question. And the third excuse, God is asking too much. I think all of us in the different parts of our lives have felt that way. You know, you read the Bible and you read the part about taking on our own cross, bearing our own cross and going forward and doing that. And you hear talk about here, you, you know, the thir- third servant is saying, well, you're asking too much. You, you sow where you haven't reaped. You gather where you haven't scattered seed. Lord, you're asking too much. And he says, yes, you already knew I did this. Why would you just dug and hid my money? Why did you hide the gifting I gave you? If you know I'm going to do this, why did you hide the gifting? And to me, that's one of the hardest parts of that verse when I read it. And sort of like preparing and God having to say, well, listen, we have to spend three weeks just to get you ready because you've not been running your Bible enough. We're going to spend three weeks developing and training you because you haven't read your Bible enough. Um, there's an old 17th century Christian writer, and we used to do it in the Sunday school class. I talked about him. And he, and he used to talk about, you know, in different parts of our lives, we feel like we're not as close to Jesus as we used to be. And it wasn't the fact that maybe not even I've backed up, that Jesus met me exactly where I was. He just won't let me stay there. And that author said every time he would get in these positions of feeling, I'm not as close to Christ. I don't feel that tingling sensation anymore that I was having when I was a new Christian. He would get excited about it. He knew because Jesus was going to force him to grow. You know, you think about it, a little toddler. We let him get about this far away and we step back. We make him run. Then we get him farther away and we make him push forward. So even when we talk about these hard verses here, the fact is that God is trying to get each one of us to grow. He's happy to meet us right where we're at. He just ain't going to leave us there. So when you feel that, I'm not as close to Christ as I used to be. I'm not as close. And maybe it's not a sign to be sad, but a sign that it's time to grow and that when you come through this period of darkness is what that gentleman called it, each time he would be at a new level with his relationship with Jesus. That it scared him the first couple of times it happened, but then it would excited him knowing, okay, I'm going to a new level, but I'm going to have to put some work into it. I'm going to have to dive in. I'm going to have to spend an extra three weeks on a sermon because I haven't been prepared that I'm going to have to push myself, that God was okay with where I was, but at this point, it's time for me to grow, that I'm going to have to move forward and develop and go to a new level. Now, those are the three excuses we'll use. I got three expectations here, okay? Now, if you go, we're going to go, I'm going to go back again to, that, to Matthew 25. I'm just going to read you one verse out of there from what we were reading.
And I'm going to start in verse 20. So he has received the five that came and brought five other towns, saying to the Lord, you delivered to me five towns. Look, I have gained five more towns beside you. First expectation, Jesus expects us to bear fruit. That's going to be the sign to the world that we're Christians. Now, you notice that it says that we bear fruit. We do not produce fruit. Go to John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give in you. Another thing about bearing fruit, Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience, long-suffering, with joy. Jesus expects us to to bear fruit. Now, I wrote this down from a gentleman I actually just saw on a little clip somebody had emailed, saying you've been fruitful, saying you've been faithful without having, and you haven't been been fruitful is an oxymoron. Now, that actually stung. Through my faithfulness, the world should see it by the, the way that I bear fruit, that I should look differently than the rest of the world because the fruit I bear didn't produce it. Jesus produced it. I bear it because I've been faithful. And I've used this example a hundred times. We, have, we live out in the country. So on the back porch, with the light, when the lights are on, out there when, you know, we get, it's just covered in bugs. Sometimes in a year, you can't even open that door. You know, you got an electric fly zapper out there that clogs up in 30 minutes. Don't do a bit of good at that point if they can't get and get zapped, okay? But if you're in the kitchen and we got dogs, we got to let the dogs out, they got to go to the bathroom, we got to let the dogs back in, and every time you do it, the bugs come in, okay? Except if we turn the lights off. If I turn the lights off, they don't come in. They're not attracted to the darkness. Leave the lights on the porch. Leave, the, leave it dark in the kitchen. They don't come into the house. But as a Christian, if I'm just as dark as the world, why would anybody be attracted to me? If the church looks like the world and is dark, why would anybody be attracted into the doors? The same wet method I'm using to keep these bugs, these moths, and I got a biblical plague of frogs right now because of those bugs. I mean, I got bullfrogs that are like this. And if you, and you don't realize how big of droppings frogs leave until they're this big. You think it's a dog out there, and you're wondering what's going on. But if I can stop that by being as dark, but if I want to get these people into my life, if I want people to see and come attracted to me, 
I can't look like the world. If I want people flooding my church, I cannot look like the world. I have to be light. And I do that by bearing fruit. Faithfulness is not just showing up. Jesus expects you to do what he asks. Um, you know, going back to the verse 20, 23, when it was talking about, talking about that, it wasn't enough that the guy hid the money and saved it. He gave those money with an expectation. Same as it wasn't enough for me just to get a little bit of a sermon ready in four weeks. Jesus expected me to grow. He expected me to be a different person. He expected me to develop in my faith. And it was just going to take me a lot longer than I thought it would. Pastor Russ, he must have known because he's never given me four weeks. I've sometimes had four days. But this time he knew I needed four weeks minimum. Because I was going to have to write, and I can't, I mean, going through, again, I should probably write a sermon once a week. Not knowing I'd ever give it away to anybody else. But when you do that and start practicing it and trying to find different verses, there's some kind of growth to that. I would encourage everybody to write one. That's a homework assignment. There you go. Okay, we'll give them a homework assignment. As a matter of fact, me and Caleb argued. I almost made him do it. I was getting so nervous. And he wanted to. He said if I give him a couple more weeks, he'd prepped and done it. In our house, he's actually our prayer warrior. This morning, he was the first one I thought out. I said, come in here. You've got to pray for me. I'm nervous. And he prayed down, not just a little prayer, not just a daddy will do great prayer. It was a powerful prayer. Um, let's turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 10. Chapter 15, I'm going to start in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And the thing when I was reading that is asked me, am I simply going through the motions? Am I waking up every morning and reading a little thing of devotional and a little line of scripture just so I can check it off my to-do list? I'm a big to-do lister. In here, I got a wonder list that connects to all my laptops, all my phones, so I can check off my to-do list. Even if I'm working on it right then, I add it to the do list so I can have the pleasure of checking it off. I, when we did the sermon, I did it on one thing so it, it would spread to my iPhone, to my tablets, so I, whenever I was, I could look at it and work on it. But was I just going through the motion? Am I waking up saying, okay, I'm devotional. Okay, I got to do it. Or ask, am I actually hungering for something? Did I come to church today expecting something? Did I come expecting God to touch me? Did I come expecting the, mo- the music to move me? When I go places expecting something, I look for it. When I go places not expecting anything, I look for nothing, and normally I'm not disappointed. But when I go somewhere expecting that I come here to worship, and I'll tell this little joke, 
I, well, last night, my wife goes, I don't think Greg's going to be there. I said, what did they expect me to do? I can't get up here and play music. I can't clamp on beat, sweetheart. I'm the only guy in this church where his wife's saying, shh, don't sing any louder than that. Because me and Caleb, we'll get to singing over there loud and, and get into it. But so I was petrified of that. I was so grateful when Greg was here. And Brandy goes, oh, no, he's there. She said, he's out of town. Him and Glenda are out of town. What? Because I knew Dennis wasn't going to be here. I thought, well, they can't expect me to come on stage. They better have a, a video that we can just throw on the screen or something. Jesus expects you to get out there and take some risks. The guy who took the five, he traded, he invested, he worked. He took some risks and got the 10 talents. My belief is the guy was the one, if he'd have lost it, trying to be obedient, there wouldn't have been any trouble. Jesus expects me to take risks. For me right now, that's right here. It, it takes a lot to step out of my comfort zone, to take the time off work, to stop doing what I want to do and focus on this, is to take risks. It had been a lot easier for me just to tell Rusty, I'm sorry, Rusty, I'm going to Rio Dosa too. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to Red River too. I didn't realize it was the same day, Pastor. And the three promises, and I'll go through these real quick. The pleasure... And when I do this, the pleasure of hearing Jesus say, well done. Well done. The honor of ruling with Christ. And three, the invitation of entering into Christ's joy. Who here would like more joy? Who would like to have Christ's joy? It says here is one of the promises not only do I get to hear Jesus come up to me and pat me on the back and go, well done. Who would not want to hear that from their father? I know my kids need hunger for me to tap them on the back and say, Caleb, well done. David, well done. Brianna, well done. But how much more my heavenly father taps me on the back and says, well done. The honor, the honor of ruling with Christ and the invitation to enter into Christ's joy. Let me go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that today we have the opportunity to come to church. That, Father, we expect to see you manifest yourself. We expect to see the supernatural movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, as we go through this week, we expect to see you do things, Father. Father, help us to develop. Help us to grow. Don't let us just stay right where we're at. Push us. Force us to grow and develop in our relationship with you. Father, help me take risks when it comes to your ministry. To step out of my comfort zone and grow in developing in the gifts that you give me. Father, it's because of grace that I'm saved. My faith. But Father, I... I want to produce fruit because I, I want to bear fruit, Father, because you have created me to do good works. Father, help me to see what the talent you've given me. What are my giftings, Father? And help me utilize them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.